Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Hello. So today I am going to be reading from Attack of the Black Rectangles by Amy Sarig King otherwise known as A.S. King. They have written a lot of young adult novels under the name A.S. King and have gotten awards for those. Excellent writer. And this book has to do with censorship, which is definitely a topic that is on my mind right now. We definitely are in a period of time where adults seem to want to restrict access to information that everyone should be able to have in school and even in out of school. So I thought this might be a fun one for us to read. So prologue, the adults around here. I am here to protect all of us from the ugly world. Laura Samuel set. According to a lot of the adults in our town, everything here is perfect. We don't have accidents. We don't have crime at all. We don't have Halloween anymore or junk food. We don't have bad thoughts. We don't use any bad words like cancer, which is crossed out, or death, also crossed out, or sex, crossed out, or donut, crossed out. A lot of people thank Mrs. Laura Samuel Set for this. She's as famous as a person can get in our town and probably the only reason the local newspaper is still in print. Everyone reads her letters there. Miss Set is also a sixth grade teacher, but the adults around here are her students as much as kids like me who pass through her classroom at Independence North Elementary School. Those adults join Miss Set in letter writing, sitting on the town council and committees and making rule after rule after rule. They seem to believe that rules equal safety. By making more rules, they are keeping us all safe and keeping the town's reputation spotless. Miss Set thinks that even if we think about bad things, our whole town could fall right into the toilet of the world, just like all those other towns, she says. The adults around here don't just keep our town safe from unsavory words and thoughts. They keep our town safe from unsavory people, too. And if we believe what the adults around here say, then unsavory people are anyone who doesn't go to church, anyone who doesn't pledge the flag louder than the person next to them, and anyone who eats junk food. Most of us have to go to the next town over to do our grocery shopping so we can buy Cheetos. My family has ignored the town's silly rules for as long as I can remember. We don't go to church, I don't pledge the flag overly loudly, and we eat a decent amount of junk food. My mom loves Oreos, I love Cheetos, and my granddad is a bona fide candy freak. Miss Set wrote a letter to the paper one time about an elderly man who sits on Main Street, always eating candy. She asked for him to be removed for his bad example to children. She was talking about granddad. Here's what he did in response. He started bringing me with him. Don't get me wrong, we eat really good homemade food and a lot of fruits and vegetables, and I get a lot of calcium and vitamins and grains and protein and all the other stuff in the food pyramid. There are much worse things in the world than junk food. 
Mom knows it because she works at a place that helps people grieve the death of their loved ones and helps people with cancer and other terminal illnesses. Granddad knows it because he fought in the Vietnam War. My dad sure knows it because he's always mad at something, like every single day. I just think Miss Set and the adults around her should mind their own business. I don't think any town is perfect, and I don't think any town is in the toilet of the world. I think life is what life is, and we just have to try our best. Life is what life is, and we just have to try our best. Mac Delaney. For all I'm about to say here about her and for all her weird rules, Miss Set taught me to stand up for myself, and I'm grateful to her for that. You're probably confused. Yes, Miss Set is a pain and thinks we shouldn't eat Cheetos. But also, yes, she was nice to me when I needed it most. No one is ever just one thing, and not everyone is telling the truth. That's the closest anyone will ever get to perfect. So, chapter one, last year, Bot Duck Man. We were on the way to Philadelphia with the fifth grade school trip when Dennis and I made up the game Bot Duck Man. It stands for Botfly, Duck, and Human. Botfly on account of Dennis's uncle getting one in his arm the last time he went to Costa Rica. Duck, because we live in a town with a lot of ducks, and ducks eat insects, including, we figured, botflies. Human, on account of the way Dennis described the botfly coming out of his uncle's arm, right by the elbow, and how bad his uncle said it hurt. I am never going to Costa Rica. Anyway, it's just like rock, paper, scissors, and I highly recommend it as an alternative to listening to the tour guide at the Liberty Bell. Stop it! Those were the first two words I ever heard from Miss Set. She was a chaperone because the school always had sixth grade teachers chaperone fifth grade trips. Stop it, she said again, and then she moved Dennis to the other side of the Liberty Bell so we couldn't finish our bot duck man tournament. I was winning. Bot beats man, duck beats bot, man beats duck. After the Liberty Bell, we went to Independence Hall where the tour guide was way more boring than the Liberty Bell tour guide. And no, I don't have a bad attitude. I've seen the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall three other times, and each time I wasn't impressed. It's not that I don't respect the Founding Fathers, but I do have some problems with how they did stuff. Mostly how they bought and sold people. I definitely have a problem with that. So when it was question time at the end of the tour, and we were standing right in the room where the Founding Fathers had signed the Declaration of Independence, I raised my hand and asked, how many of the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence owned slaves? Miss Set moved quickly toward me with her hand out. The tour guy said, 41 out of 56 signers owned slaves. That's a great question. Thanks, I said. I'm white, so maybe this seems like a weird question, but just because I'm white doesn't mean I can't talk about what white people do wrong. We do a lot wrong. For starters, we don't talk about how 73% of the signers of the Declaration of Independence owned slaves. Miss Set stopped edging toward me once the tour guide answered, but she gave me a disapproving look while she listened to the next question. Marcy Thomas asked something about why women weren't invited to the whole signing party. Predictable. Marcy was always talking about women and how they need more rights. I'd been stuck in the same class as her since first grade. The whole time I thought she was okay, as long as you didn't say anything to her. Miss Set didn't say anything to Marcy then, or me. But I could tell she was taking notes in her head. On the bus home from the Philadelphia trip, the teachers made us sing row, row, row your boat like we were first graders. 
They made us do it in three different groups of singers so we could appreciate the harmonies. Dennis and I were playing a best out of 21 tournament of Bot, Duck, Man. He won both games during Row, Row, Row Your Boat because I can't sing and think at the same time. Then I lost my place in the song and sang out of sync with everyone until I just stopped singing altogether. Marcy Thompson leaned around the seat in front of us and chided, You two should really pay more attention. Are you a teacher now? Dennis asked. Trying to be a good friend, she said. Dennis looked like he was going to say something mean, so I said, You're a great friend, Marcy, but you could probably be more chilled out. My mom taught me how to do that. And that is the end of the chapter. So what the rest of the book goes on to talk about, I'll read the front flap. When Mac first opens his classroom copy of Jane Yolen's The Devil's Arithmetic and finds some words blacked out, he thinks it must be a mistake. But then when he and his friends discover what the missing words are, he's outraged. Someone in his school is trying to prevent kids from reading the full story. But who? Even though his unreliable dad tells him to not get so emotional about a book or anything else, Mac has been raised by his mom and granddad to call out things that are wrong. He and his friends head to the principal's office to protest the censorship, but she doesn't take them seriously. So many adults want Mac to keep his words to himself. Mac's about to see the power of letting them out. And that is what this book is about. So I hope you enjoy it and maybe want to check it out from the library. If not, there's a whole other host of books to be waiting for you for checkout. But thank you for listening and I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads.